listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on, my friend? Oh, nothing. Rather boring, you know, just a boring weekend, you know, nothing to do. nothing big going on, right. Nothing happening, just shoveling snow, my friend, just shoveling snow. That's it. (laughs) All 18 inches, my good man. Is that how much you got by you? We got 18, yeah. Oh, okay. We yeah. we didn't really get that much. We got like six inches, seven inches. Nice. You know, it was significant, but it wasn't. You know, you go and you turn on the TV. It's a bomb genesis that's come on. Bomb genesis. <laughs> what are you talking? It's a snowfall. It's a snow. Yeah, well, it, it was Genesis and a couple of other folks around <laughs> you here. You got you got the bomb part of it. I got you. I got you. Yeah, we got all eighteen. It was uh, it was, and the wind was howling. I, you know, it, it felt like uh, that Brett Musburger commercial we have. Well, just the was howling. Yeah, it felt just like that. That's that's what I, that's what it was. That's what it was. Gordon, we have a lot to talk about football wise, but let's uh, begin with what we just heard here on ninety eight seven ESPN. The Knicks found somebody they can beat and come out and play well right away. No real lulls in the third quarter. Led the, by double digits the entire second half. Shows you just night. how bad the Kings are, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and to show you how bad they are. The Knicks were winning this game so handily, Larry. I went back and looked. The Kings are like the Lions of the NFL. Mm-hmm. They are the team that just cannot see. And and we always say about, well, you know, you got to get draft picks. You got to get the draft picks. I went back. This past year, they picked ninth in the draft. 2020, they picked 12th. 2019, I don't think they had a number one pick for whatever reason. 2018, they picked second. The year before, they picked fifth. The year before that, they picked eighth. The year before that, sixth. Eight, seven, five, seven, five, four. They still stink. Yeah. They stink forever. It's unbelievable yeah. how you would think at some point the, the lottery balls would go your way. Some way you would fall in your lap, but not to be. They are just the, uh, the picture of dysfunction, and the Knicks are not complaining one single bit. They have not been good since Vladi Dottie was out there. And they yeah. were battling the, the Lakers, Weber, right? uh, yeah. yeah, battling the Lakers, and he called them the called them another name other than Kings. Yes, um, you know, so it's 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 just it, it's been bad for a long time for them. Here's all you need to know about how bad Sacramento is. Ready, Gordon? Yeah. Knicks played 14 players tonight. 14. They got them all in. 14 players actually played tonight. Julius Randle played. 29 minutes. That's it. That's like a that's like a half a day. It's like banker's <laughs> hours for him. And for me, uh, you know, listen, it, it was never really in doubt. No. Uh, even though, listen, when it got to 10, you're like, oh, here we go. This, this would be <laughs> typical Knicks. Bad team. They get lazy. They get on a run, and then they just lose it. But they bounce back. And the interesting thing was just seeing how – Getting Fournier early, I know it's a bad team, but still, getting Fournier going early really kind of sets up everybody else, Gordon. Well, the, I mean, he, he has these nights every once in a while, and it was nice that it came early on and the Knicks built up a nice lead. You just kind of hope uh, that there's some sort of carryover. That has not been the case so far this year. And I don't know, what's what's a bigger indication that, that tonight was a blowout, that Randall only played 29 minutes or that Obi played 19? 
Uh, that Obi played 19. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't have 19 in two games. That's right. That's right. And listen, Jericho Sims got two minutes. That tells you it's a blowout. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. And that's unfair. He played two minutes to give him a minus seven. What could he have done in two minutes going to get a minus seven? Uh, he's, he was just there in and out. I mean, that's, uh, that's all you can oh, say. Come on. Come on. Right. Give him a break. But anyway, listen, Gordon, not, not, yeah, it's a win that doesn't mean anything. No, I'll say, let me take that back. Yeah. Here's the only thing it means. It means that they did what they were supposed to do. They beat a bad team. They ended the losing streak. And now they face a Memphis team that Gordon, uh, John Morant, is going to take them to the woodshed. So the question is going to be, uh, will they be able, as you said, and we all, it's always the question we have, will they be able to duplicate you know, an effort similar to this? Because it's not going to be like this because Memphis is a better team. But, but an effort similar to this and... Who's going to get traded? That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the 10th. Well, I when, I saw, when I saw De'Aaron Fox was not in the lineup tonight, I thought, well, is something brewing? Is something happening? Exactly but apparently right. it's a sore ankle, so we'll have to uh, wait and see. Well, look, the Knicks have a bunch of games here. I, I can't remember the stat. I had it at some point. It's like 16 of 18 or 15 of 19 where they are underdogs in those games. Tonight mm-hmm. clearly was one of those ones that they were favorites. They got the win. That's what you have to do. Put it in the win column and move on. Yeah, that's what you do, and uh, and and it would be nice if you could steal one against Memphis before you go on that West Coast trip because sure, that West Coast trip is not going to be easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean you're going to have to steal some of these games if you want to remain relevant in the Eastern Conference. Already, you're kind of in crisis mode at this point. Now, those last couple of spots to play in, I don't think anybody's running away and hiding with those. But no, no. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to win some games. You can't. You can't go out and lose four or five and expect to no. pick up any ground. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the, I'm, I'm telling you, Gordon, the rumor mill on the internet and on Twitter is on fire. Westbrook for Burks and Kemba and Fournier. And Russell Westbrook. Yes. Oh I my God. That, no. That, oh my God. Larry, please. That was please. Out, that's out there and. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, De'Aaron Fox is out there. Yeah. And then there's a Spencer Dinwiddie. Could he be coming to the Knicks since the, <laughs> since the players in Washington don't want him in that locker room? Oh, it's just, it's, 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 it's fun and games right now. It's the wild, wild west out there as far as what are the Knicks going to do? And here's the big question. And I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, Gordon. But here's the interesting question is, is there any trade that can help them out for this year? It almost feels like to me that Leon Rose – almost has to do something because the Mm -hmm. off-season moves were just so bad. I mean, they've not really helped at all. It's nice that Fournier played well tonight. Kemba's had some singular moments here or there, but that has been uh, a bad move at least so far. So it almost feels like the Knicks GM kind of owes you one here. He does a very good job in the draft. Loved the Derrick Rose move last year. Mm -hmm. That worked out fantastically. But they, they need a little something, a little boost if they're serious about getting into the playoffs and and with this coach, they're serious about getting into the playoffs. Any any idea that Nick fans have of, well, you know, it's just not our year. They'll just they'll they'll regroup. They'll 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 look to the lottery. That's not their mindset. That's never this coach's mindset. So I would think that if you have a coach like Tom Thibodeau, you have to be ready to make a move of some sort that improves your team in the now. Yeah, I would think so. And but then Gordon, could they be thinking, let's wait until Derrick Rose comes back and see what happens? Because, you know, he now he made the announcement that he expects to be back right after the All-Star break. So you figure the end of next month, uh, you know, but will they be will they still be relevant by then uh, by the time he gets back? 
so it's, it's interesting it's, situation. It's hard to see. Yeah, it's hard to envision a scenario where this group is going to be able to keep their heads above water that long, given the schedule. And who is it that goes? See, like that's that's the other question. Like, sure, who who is it? Is because everybody wants Randall out of here again. All right, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if if first of all the way he's played. Do you want him if you're another team in the NBA? Do you want him right now? Is he a guy that you believe that after just one year of being just an MVP candidate, okay, even though farther down the line, all right, that he is so bad that that you want him, you're going to trade him. Why would you want him on your team? What could he bring to the table? Well, I saw that uh, Alvin Gentry was saying some nice, good, nice things about him. By all means, my friend, we, we, we can work out something there, I'm sure. Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, sometimes you have to take – I'm a big believer in that. Like, find the team in your sport that is constantly dysfunctional and use them for your advantage. And, yeah, and there exactly. has – I mean, if there's no better example of a dysfunctional team, even the Knicks can say that that team over there is far more dysfunctional <laughs> than they are. Absolutely. And that's the Sacramento Kings. Yep, you're right. They sure could say that. And they wouldn't be wrong. (laughs) They would not be wrong. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Say good Monday evening to the coach. Spike, what's up, coach? Hey, boys. They let the catch you. I got a couple of things. Hey, Gordon, my buddy said... uh, the MVP's been selected already, and it's Rogers. But uh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I with my so luck, sometimes say. though, that does seem at last check the 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 odds were overwhelming in that favor. But you never know. It, when things can yeah. go wrong, they do with me uh, sometimes on the old. Yeah, well, that that's six or six and a half to one is a lot. It's all I, I, Larry. I'm commenting on because we talked about it Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. It's being released on the 12th. There's no other way you could lose that. But I just hope so for your sake. So here's my comment on the Nick game, Larry. I sent you a message on this. I told it. To, I think Ty was picking up. I'm half groggy now. But uh, t- teams after three, four, and five road. I looked it up, road trips, uh, last game of, and they're zero and whatever, three, four, five, the last 30 games of one, four, when they're 400 or under. It's a, I'm going a long way to reach, but mm-hmm. that was a G League team they played last night, uh, today. And, uh, you know, this is sad. This, gosh, he still doesn't put it in. I, I, you know, well, guys, you know how much I love my team, man, but, uh, and Larry, I was close with Randall. I said we'll get a bunch of turnovers. It's shot. The team uh, play the kids. What is he waiting for? I, I don't understand it. But I'll get on to the football and listen to you boys for an hour and 20 minutes of, of enjoyment. And thanks to everything you guys. You've all been so nice to me. I can't thank you enough. So I watched the games this weekend, and the road teams are winning. The dogs are winning. And it's been an odd year for football. And I see no reason why this young Joe Burrow uh, he can't win the Super Bowl. Am I crazy? No. <laughs> You're not crazy. You're not he crazy. He got a special trade or something. I mean, there's two big plays. I watched every play of that game. It was intriguing. And so he, I thought uh, uh, Mahomes looked like he, he was dazed after a while. And no adjustments again. 
And if you bet, you know, with so much betting going on, sponsorships and all, I, my, my kid who got got free bets because he was in New York and he bet it all, you know, he said, I bet the dog. Three and a half is a great number, as we all know. And he, and he kept saying to me, if you kept betting halves, every team, no team won both halves in almost every game. If you think about it, it was crazy. But for him, for the youngster, I think the coach did well. I, I think his two big plays were the runs. How he got out of that second run, yeah, I when know. he was swallowing it up, it reminded me of Eli, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And thanks for the call, Spike. Feel better, my friend. Yeah. Always good talking to you, Gordon. It is, and we'll talk a little bit more about it next hour as well. It is just amazing to watch, uh, to watch Patrick Mahomes just fall apart right before our eyes. And it started with that play, as everybody knows, that played right before the first half when they should have gotten something point-wise, and they didn't. And you just figured out, okay, so they're going to be focused. They're going to come out the second half. They've got the ball. They're going to march right down the field and do what Kansas City does. And between just wild throws and bad communication and uh, on, on some occasions with Cincinnati rushing three and dropping eight in coverage, they, they were never the same, Gordon. They were never the same. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that game, I've seen that type of game a thousand times. And if you've watched football for a long time, and especially in the playoffs, you've seen it a thousand times, where the big heavy favorite comes out, plays well early, and then there's a little something that goes wrong. Sometimes it's right before the half, maybe sometimes it's the start of the second half, and that gets the upstart team going in the right direction. And sure enough, things just keep they just keep putting plays together and put plays together and put plays together. And that's what the uh, the Bengals did. And just to get back to Spike's original point about is he crazy for thinking Burrow can go and win the Super Bowl? They just went into Kansas City down, mm-hmm. what was it, 21-3, whatever it was, yeah, and got point. the win against Patrick Mahomes, who we all would agree is the best quarterback in the sport right now. So, yeah, if you go in there and you can do that, why can't you win the Super Bowl? Hey, Gordon, you know, I heard uh, Chris Canty on with Bart and Han today, and he made he said something that's really, really, it, it struck me. He said, and he's not predicting, he's, done, he's not predicting right now which way he's going to go, but he said at this moment, he's got more faith at the quarterback position in, in Cincinnati's QB rather than LA's QB. Well, he uh, in a very short period of time, he has displayed uh, a specialness especially in the moment, coming from college and doing what he did that year uh, to win the national championship. Last year, obviously, he hurts the knee. And now this year, he just keeps coming. Uh, And really, the turning point of the Bengals' season was when they stopped relying so much on the run and started relying on their quarterback and seeing just how special he is. And two years in, man, you're already in the Super Bowl from a team that two years ago won two games. Two games, Larry. And they're in the Super Bowl. And and – if you're a Jet or Giant fan, Gordon, you're looking at that and you're like, we haven't been, we haven't had a winning record in, in, in forever. Yeah. And this Cincinnati team, they were, Zach Taylor was what, two and six, he won six games in his first two years or something like that. And then now he, he's, he's, he's going to the Super Bowl. Why can't this happen locally, Gordon? Why? Is it all? Is it all because of the quarterback? Is is it you start with the quarterback and that that's the home run, and then everything else just falls into place? It's unbelievable that both these local teams have been so bad for so long, and a team like Cincinnati just turns around. Listen, and they were bad for a while now, <laughs> but they were able to just turn it around in two short years. 
You know what I liken it to? I liken it to, uh, if you're a fan of a bad team, we've all been sitting in prison, our football prison, and somehow the Bengals put together a plan to escape, and they made it over the wall. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like Shawshank when uh, when Andy Dufresne gets out, Red feels happy that Andy's out, but part of you is a little jealous that Andy's out. He's not there anymore to keep you company, and that's what it feels like. It feels like that the Bengals broke out of NFL prison, and they did so because of Joe Burrow and Jet fans, Giant fans, Dolphin fans, you know, Browns, fans, whoever you are. Uh, if you're a fan of a bad team, you're you're still sitting in prison. Yeah, you really are. Say back to the phones. Tom is in Carteret. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Tom? Yeah, hey, um, why doesn't Reddish play more minutes? And, and, like, he only plays, like, the last few minutes of every game. Like, why don't they get him in earlier and play Why doesn't he play more? Well, Tom, it's very simple. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is his coach. <laughs> That's number one. And number two, I don't know that he's up with all the plays yet, so there's going to be some time where you have to get him acclimated to what you're doing. you got to you know, get him, get him some practice time. you got to see what's going on with him. Doesn't mean he's going to get more playing time, Gordon, but as I said last week, I believe that he's, he's here either to be involved in a deal or he's here to be around when whoever is dealt, then he may find some minutes. But at this point, they're just trying to get him acclimated to the typical way of thinking. Yeah, and he, he, he came in and he took – they traded for a guy in Kevin Knox who didn't play any minutes. So there weren't minutes already carved out for him to all of a sudden just take those minutes. So now you'd have to really kind of disrupt the rotation, and I don't think that they're ready to do that just yet. I think that that would likely come about through a trade, and he's been hurt as well, so – that plays into a, a little bit of a role of it too. But I think that the fact that he came to a team and they traded a guy who wasn't playing at all makes it kind of hard to carve out a niche for yourself and carve out a, a certain amount of minutes each night. Oh, there's no question about it. There's no question. And once again, who's, who's the coach? Right. <laughs> that, that explains a lot of it right then and there. Yeah. Who's the coach? I mean, he's not going to – and he said it in his postgame presser, Gordon. You heard him. You have to earn time. Somebody mentioned to him about Obi Toppin in his minutes, and he said, listen, I love what Obi's done. He's worked hard. He's continued to work hard. He's going. He's got to earn his minutes. It's not just about talent. It's about earning minutes, earning minutes. I, I, what happens in practice? What happens, uh, you know, in games? What happens when you get your opportunity, however minutes are? That's, that's his way of thinking. He's That's his logic. That's how he determines – who plays and who doesn't play. So, listen, as a player, you have to know that I got to knock it out of the park in practice, and then you could be like, you know, Grimes, who's getting a lot of playing time, going, he's, he's almost getting 30, almost got 30 minutes tonight. Yeah. Oh, look, I think that time will come at some point, but there's got to be something that happens to create those minutes. Either somebody's got to get hurt, somebody's got to get traded, he's got to get traded someplace else. There's only so many minutes in a game. Yeah. You're right. You're right. This is for sure. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, let's pick up there. Let's pick up with uh, what Jay Will had to say about OBJ before we get back to the phones and the Rams and the 49ers. And it's funny because you're watching the game and you, you were waiting. You were waiting. And it's unfortunate. But you're waiting for Garoppolo to do something that was going to hurt them. And he did. And what's so unfortunate there is while we will focus on him, 
Gordon, there's a couple of defensive plays, an interception oh, that was dropped that you cannot sure. drop. Yeah, you cannot drop that. You can't. And I get it. The, the old joke around the locker room is, well, listen, if he, if he had hands, he'd be a wide receiver. That's why we got him. That's why he's in the secondary. But you have to make that catch. And then after that, after he doesn't make the interception, then the, the head-to-helmet on OBJ for another 15 yards, I mean – the, the 49ers defense did not help them out at all late in that game, and they just they just allowed the the, the Rams to come back. And oh, by the way, oh by the way, uh, McVay, why are you challenging everything? You had no timeouts. Yeah, it was not exactly a coaching clinic. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> I mean, Shanahan punted three times, three separate times in Rams territory, including a third and two in the fourth quarter. I didn't understand why. At some point, you got to go get it. Yeah. You got to go get it. And I think it was like two plays. After they punted, I think the, the Rams got that necessary yardage back in two plays. That's what happens so often. At some point, you have to go get it. And they made the mistake earlier. Um, and that and that interception obviously was key because if you pick that off, the game's completely different. The the Niners did a lot of things wrong, but if you pick off that pass, you win, you more than likely win the game. That's right. Uh, and then of course uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I've always likened him to to the shark and Jaws. You don't know when the shark's going to pop up, but the shark's going to pop up at some point. You, you didn't come and pay your money and sit down with your popcorn and not get to see the shark. And sure enough, at the end there, he uh, he popped up and. Uh, that that told you this, that was it right there. That was all that there was for the for the Niners. So a, a brutal way to lose a game where it looked like they were starting to pull away at one point. Yeah, their defense and their their overall team is just so tough. Debo Samuel's tough. Yeah, uh, when Elijah Physical. Mitchell's running, he didn't have a very good game, but he he's tough. Their defense is tough. They hit make hard hits. They tackle well, but it was just not to be. And for a team now, you got to wonder for the Niners. They drafted a quarterback third overall last year. You'd mm-hmm. have to think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be someplace else next season. And and do they take a step back? Because if Trey Lance had showed them anything this season, there's probably a pretty good chance that Trey Lance would have been starting the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, we, we of course, everybody agrees with you. Jaws is always circling. He's always circling. <laughs> it's always circling in this game. But Gordon – he got them to a Super Bowl, and he was one game away from getting them to a Super Bowl. So one play, really? Yeah. yeah. So is he? Do you do you say okay? Let's get rid of him, and let's you know let let's let's take what draft choices that we could get for him, and get another get some more depth defensively because that listen that 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 conference that division is not going away. That's yeah, going to be one of the division. tough divisions, okay? Mm-hmm. So they've got to upgrade themselves defensively. They need more. They obviously need help in the secondary. I think the pass rush is pretty good. Bosa does a nice job. Uh, so do that. that's the question they have to figure out is, can he take them to the next step? That's what they have to figure out. And, you know, considering on a couple of occasions how he's been in that spot, they, they kind of win in spite of him, right? It does feel, especially in the playoffs, they were winning in spite of him. You have to be, if you're going to be a Super Bowl, if you're looking at that team, right, and they come up short, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, we've gotten from from zero to this level, and now we gotta we gotta narrow that gap, that very narrow gap between where we are and where we want to be. Where is the greatest area that we can exploit 
to to find that increased production, it's clearly the quarterback. Now, it's not easy to go out and find somebody Mm-mm. because Garoppolo, despite his flaws, is good enough to get them to a certain level. Yeah. But I don't think – you have to keep in mind, he is working with as brilliant a play caller and Kyle Shanahan as you can have. It's a very – uh, quarterback-friendly system because they're able to run the ball so effectively. They're not asking their quarterback to go out there and throw for 300 yards every single week. They're not going to rely on him to do that. Uh, but I think you have to get some increased production for the quarterback. And the fact he took a quarterback third overall, I, I got to assume that that's going to be the guy next year unless he just unless he's a complete bust going into year two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that is going to be Trey Lance's show next year. And then you just bring in a, a quality veteran backup. Yeah. Yeah, and and I got to be honest with you. If you if you go out and if you if you got a quarterback and a rookie deal, and you're a little leery about him, you do you should have some money to be able to to spend to mm-hmm. go out and get yourself someone that can come in, and it's not the the Mike Glennon show. No, please, for your no, sake. No no. no, 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 no. It's gonna be hard for him to get a job next year, Gordon. I would think so. I mean, the way I mean, he everybody's always looking for a backup quarterback someplace, so who knows? Maybe he will find a spot. The fact that he's been getting his chops anyway is kind of surprising. <laughs> but good on him. Hey, yeah, listen. Make, make your money, my man. Hey, Keep uh, going. Who's, who's, to, uh, who's to say otherwise, right? That's right. Keep rolling. Just my as friend. long as Keep it's going. not my team. Yeah, please. <laughs> we're, we're good. We've seen all we need to see. We're good. We're good. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. Wow, so Cam Reddish is not getting enough playing time for the Knicks fans, huh? <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> God, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Buddha, what's going on? <laughs> oh, boy, the Knicks, even when they win, it just still doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh, man, you know, but you got to trust that process, though. So, um, listen, you know the best backup center. In the league is uh is this guy Drummond man? He got 16 points, 23 rebounds. Maxi got 33 points. Oh, God, if we could just get Ben Simmons off his team, we might got a run at this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> we might have a run at this thing. I'm telling you, I take especially I if you have a bead playing like this. Up. And you know what's yeah, scary, yeah. Buddha? You know what's I mean, scary? If Drummond lost another 10, 15 pounds, he'd be even better. <laughs> yeah. He'd be even I mean, better. He is what he is, though. You know, he, he, because, he is what he is. Because you know what hurts him, though? What hurts him with that weight? The pick and roll. He's he's lost. The, that's what gets him. The the points and the rebounding, obviously he's dominant in there. I agree with you. He's been mm-hmm. phenomenal for them. But that pick and roll, he is so slow <laughs> trying to get that defender. That's where it hurts you a little bit. Listen, I'll take him over. Uh, what's this guy's name over there? <laughs> Howard in, in Los Angeles. And I'll take him over Blake Griffin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's got his flaws, but when he gets a few minutes, he, he puts, you know, he keeps you in the game, man. Yeah, he does. Honestly, he keeps he you in does. the game. And he, he's a little bit underrated as a passer, too, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. You know? Listen, you guys were talking about, um, you know, the, the Super Bowl coming up next week. And, um, you know, I love it. You know, you hear all all the time. I mean, listen, oh, my God, they were stuffing Herbert down your throat. Next best thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, Josh Allen and Mahomes, they are what they are. But uh, you got to love this kid, Joe Burrow, man. He told all these guys, listen, you grab this IPA right here, you hold this. <laughs> in, 
And like Jay-Z said, I show you how to do this, son. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a bad boy right there. That's a bad boy right there. You know, winning the Heisman, you know, uh, winning the national championship, and then elevating the franchise. I mean, you want to talk about a franchise quarterback. You want to talk like, he's Chad Pennington with an arm and a little bit more mobility. I mean, wow. he's a winning player. He's a winning player. And you look around at all of these young guys, you know, if you look at these guys we got on our team right here, and I keep always hearing about how, you know, Josh Allen looked like this in his first couple of years. Listen, and none of these dudes look like this dude in his first couple of years. So unless he goes off of some plateau, I mean, this guy right here might end up being Frodo. You understand what I'm saying? I'm pulling for them really, really hard in this game. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but didn't that Sean McVay out? Aaron Donald, who got my back? Who got my back? I mean, Ramsey. I mean, God, like, you're not tired of those guys? I want the Bengals to win this game so bad. <laughs> well, listen, they got a good shot, Buddha. There's no question about it. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what is what have the, we'll talk about it, obviously, because I know Buddha's wishing, but we got two weeks before the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll be talking about this for a while. But, I mean, when you look at what they – this is going to come down – this is going to be so interesting, Gordon. This is going to come down to secondaries because both these secondaries have trouble defending the pass, and you've got some guys who can make big plays. You've got, you know, Cup who's sure-handed. OBJ looks like he's been, you know, reborn. Absolutely. You know, over with the Rams. And then, listen, Jamar Chase was, was non-existent in the first half, and then in the second half just went wild. And you've got other receivers there that Cincinnati has as well. So this is going to be a, a nightmare for the secondary. And the other thing that was real interesting to me is, and this is where I will agree with Buddha. I was surprised at how Burrow was able to shed tackles against Kansas city. Uh, Gordon, and that's the other thing that hurt aside from how bad, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes played, they could not bring him down. They had him in the grass. They had him around his waist, his ankle, his lick. He still got out of it. He he just he willed he willed that team to victory. Absolutely, that's what it looks like. That's what the, when you hear that term, will somebody to a team to to a win? That's uh, what it looks like. He did everything he had to. Be, I mean, the the running, breaking out of tackles, a guy who was coming off a, a reconstructed knee last year, being able to do that in that spot, especially when Mahomes has done that so many. I mean, how many plays in this playoffs? has Mahomes look like, oh, they got him. And then he just kind of does mm-hmm. that little spin and he goes here. And then all of a sudden the Bengals were getting to him at the end of the game and, and Burrow's making those kind of plays. I will just say I know that we're at the prisoners at the moment and Burrow is absolutely fantastic and I'm rooting for him to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that maybe we're getting, we're sliding, Buddha's sliding uh, Justin Herbert a little bit. R- Herbert, his first year, he threw 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And then this past year threw for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. His first two years aren't too shabby either. Now, he has not done what, what Burrow has done, but in terms of just overall stats and, and, and how good of a quarterback he looks like, he looks like the real deal right away. You know how I feel about Justin Herbert. I love He's him. amazing. He's amazing. And, and it's, it's just amazing to me, Larry, because my sick, de- de- demented mind, you know, whenever Herbert comes up, obviously the Dolphins stuff comes yeah. up. And now with, with Herbert doing this, that was the year the Dolphins were supposed to be tanking. They were supposed to be losing games on purpose. And if they had lost the games on purpose, they would have Burrow. As someone brought up, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, even if they had Burrow, the Dolphins would have figured out some way to screw him up too. But at least they would have had Burrow. 
is my point. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to look at somebody perform so well when you could have had him. Oh, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. It's it what is. I it was what I was saying before. I feel like I'm in prison. And yeah. and my buddy who had, who had devised you know escape from Alcatraz over the wall, I decided you know what that's crazy. There's no, and I'm still sick, sitting in jail. And he's and long he's gone. off living his life. Yeah, you're watching him on TV. Absolutely. He, he just won. He just got and he won the lottery the as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right out of prison, right into the lottery. Uh, and he's smiling. Yeah, oh, <laughs> he's Andy Dufresne on his way to Sewateneo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're sitting there like. <laughs> and I could have went with them. And I'm sitting here. What exactly. am I doing sitting here? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Here's, here's what we know about Daniel Jones, right? Here's what we know. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. Um, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Justin Herbert either. We know that. No. But Gordon, could he be could he be a better Jimmy G and you build around him and can he get this team to the next level with some help from an offensive minded guy who's done pretty good work with quarterbacks? Or they'll just figure out at the end of this year, now nah, we're moving on, we're getting our own guy. Well, I think he can be better than he has been. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And he certainly can. He is better than he has been these last two years because we know that because the rookie year, his numbers across the board were better. But the real question is, can he put like I think he scaled things and the Giants scaled things back for him in terms of of risk taking and, and throws down the field because the turnover problem was just such a, a pronounced thing, especially early on in his career. And the question is, can he get back to playing the way he did in the fir- in his rookie year and eliminate the turnovers. He's eliminated the turnovers since then, but he's not been the same guys in terms of, of taking chances and, and making plays. Is there a balance where he can, can do both at the same time? Uh, that's what they're going to try to find out this upcoming year. Well, maybe if they can get Saquon Barkley rolling uh, with him and Jones together, maybe that'll help them on, on their offense. Here's what Dayball had to say about that. But look, I'm excited to work with both of those guys. I feel they both have some talent. It's going to be our job to try to pull it from them. Daniel's going on, what, his third system or his fourth play call or whatever it may be. You guys know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. The play quarterback in this league, it's hard. And different guys take different paths. Obviously, the guy that I was able to coach these last four years, we were together for four years. So year two, you can draw on year one experiences. Year three, then you got two years to draw. Year four, you got three. Uh, we'll just take it day by day with Daniel and, and the same thing with, with Saquon and, and try to help them improve. All right, Coach, do you expect to be competitive right away? we got so much work to do before we get to that point where we're at. We're going to try to compete every day. We're going to try to build a foundation, build our culture, unite the people in the building, build relationships, improve our roster, make sure the right people are in the building, You know, try to do it in a first-class way. But right now I'm just, again, focused on trying to get this staff together and building it the right way. All right, so how long do you think it will take you to get familiar with this roster? But it'll take some time. You know, I don't, I don't want to rush anything, and I know this. Everybody worries about hiring a staff as quickly as you can. I think you you really have to do your due diligence and and take your time in interviews. And then once you get the guys on the staff that you feel comfortable with, and then you sit down together and you evaluate the, the players on the roster. And you know, you talk to Joe and the, the 
scouting staff about what you're looking for. And, um, you know, I think you can only do one thing at a time. That's what I've, I'm trying to tell myself on a daily basis. You've got 48 thoughts in your head, and you just got to take it, you know, one minute at a time right now and, and not to get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, Gordon, he's got so much work to do <laughs> right now, and it really starts, obviously, with let's get the staff in place, and it looks as though that Patrick Graham has a good chance to stay as the defensive coordinator. It does seem that way, uh, as long as he doesn't get a head coaching job, which they're starting to get snapped up here pretty quickly. There's mm-hmm. not that many openings left, so it would seem like that uh, there's a very good chance that he is going to be back. I, I guess maybe the only wiggle room might be I know they say that if he does not get a head coaching job, he won't be back. I'd be interested because he's very close with with um, with Brian Flores. If Flores mm-hmm. were to get a job, say with New Orleans mm-hmm. or with Houston, would he be going with him? I think that there's at least a, a little bit of wiggle room there, but it does seem like he's going to be back, so that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, and one of those coaching jobs, <laughs> if you thought you were getting Minnesota's job with 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 uh, Jim Harbaugh flying in, I would say that could be a no. It does seem that way, which um, it see it seems strange that that's the job that he's going for, the Minnesota mm-hmm. job. I know. You would have thought, you know, we, we've all been sitting here waiting for years now since he went to Michigan. Well, Jim Harbaugh, when he comes back, who's he going to go? And and that's the job you're going for, huh? <laughs> that's that's interesting. He he wants a veteran quarterback this time around. <laughs> I guess. I, I think that's a very strange spot for him to go. I agree. I agree. It, it is. And uh, and I'm really surprised at, uh, you know, the the former offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots leaving and getting a job. I, I didn't think he was – I didn't think McDaniels was going to leave. It, again, a very odd choice to be going and, and making the move now because he – like, if you were going to make the move, wouldn't you have made the move before you break in the rookie quarterback and the mm-hmm. struggles of a rookie quarterback? He could stay in New England, remain the offensive coordinator, and I would think that the, the, the opportunity to become a head coach is going to go. And, and, and I think that the, the, the feeling was that he was going to stay there and, and then eventually take over for Belichick. Yep. Maybe that's a sign that Belichick has no plans of going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Clearly. He's not going anywhere, Gordon. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, you know, Belichick has been known to make quick exits before. This is true. This (laughs) is very true. He's no longer the HC of the uh, NEPs or something. I don't know. Yeah, he he, he likes to, you know. Keep him guessing. He does. He does. But, I I mean, listen, I hope Josh McDaniel learned from his last job that he has to make some adjustments. That he's not going to. I hope he doesn't go in there thinking he's little Bill. I really do. It that that is such time. a big thing of when guys get that second chance, if they get that second chance, what do they learn from the first chance? And he would not have had a better mentor, you would think, from learning from one job yeah. to the other job. But, of course, the second job for Belichick, he just happened to get a really good quarterback. I don't yes. know if that's going to fall in his lap, uh, McDaniel's lap out in Las Vegas. No, no. But he's got – and you know what? And here's what's funny, Gordon. That's that's a crew that might need a little discipline. You know that that's a crew. I mean, they yeah. had a tough year last year. They they had some things going on out there with Gruden. You know, with the you know with the young man who who was in the Henry Ruggs. Yeah, with the vehicular homicide. It, it was it was a tough year for them, and and they persevered, and they were right there. You know, right there in the in the hunt for the playoffs. 
Uh, and it's going to be interesting. Carr, this is going to be an adjustment for Carr. I guess, I don't know which is the tougher offensive guy for him to deal with. Was, is it Gruden or, or, or McDaniel? Well, we'll have to see what McDaniels uh, looks like this time around as opposed to last time around where I, I think he got off to a halfway decent start with yeah. Denver and mm-hmm. then it just it imploded very, very quickly. And then a couple of years ago when he, it looked like he was going to Indianapolis and then backed out at the last minute. So some, some, some questionable stuff there with McDaniels bringing him in as the head coach. Yeah, a couple of, a couple of interesting spots. And, of course, uh, you know, Gordon, once again, it's, it's going to be an issue and we're going to continue to talk about it. It's, it's the lack of color in these positions that continues. It just does. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah, I, look, the 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 process that they have right now is not working clearly. Nope. Nope. I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm not telling you I have the answer, but it doesn't take a it doesn't take a genius to realize that year after year it's the same thing we're talking about. Yeah. Right now, yeah. there's just one black head coach, right? Am I, yeah. am I missing somebody? Nope. That's just, just one, one, right? Just one, and he's in Pittsburgh. Well, he's not going anywhere. We know no. that much. No, no, Mm-mm. no. And of course, you have two other coaches of color with, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, Ron Rivera in Washington, mm-hmm. and of course uh, the young man over with the Jets. So those are the three uh, coaches of color in the National Football League at this time. So, you know, we'll, Brian uh, Flores got fired after winning, you know, <laughs> having a winning record the last two years in Miami. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's incredible. I think he'll get a job somewhere, though. I don't know well, where. I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching job, and maybe that might be better for him in the long run. Mm-hmm. It's got to sting right now for him because he, he he took a dysfunctional situation, one where the, the offense was a disaster. Now, part of that's on him, but mm-hmm. he won games. He won yeah. games the last two years, and he's got to feel like, wait a second, this guy's get you know Houston. They're talking about Josh McCown as the. Hey, wait a second, you're telling me I can't get the job over Josh McCown? Are you kidding me? But maybe you know sometimes these things have a way of working out. And and maybe if he had a year where he goes someplace and he's the defensive coordinator for a year, his name is not going to disappear. And maybe it would allow him. I don't. He he has to build a better offensive staff wherever he goes next. So maybe if he has a year to kind of to focus on that rather than jumping right back in because a lot of times guys jump right back in yeah. and they make a lot of the same mistakes. Yep. 